morning. Good morning. Good morning. Good to see everybody here. Well, almost everybody here this morning. Yeah. Good to be here. Happy Memorial Day. Although you wonder uh, sometimes whether it's happy or just blessed, a blessing that we need on our country this morning. Yeah. Be that as it may, praise the Lord anyway. God is good. All the time. All the time. God is good. Amen. Do we have any birthdays this morning? Judy? Anybody else? Freddie, you going to get the little... Little church house? Yeah. All right. Is that it? No other birthdays? Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday, God bless you. Happy birthday to you. Anniversaries. Who? Holly and Steve. Oh. Okay. That's good. Yeah. That's good. Praise the Lord. Hmm. How, how many years? 23, I think. Wow. Did Freddie get you? No, that's okay. Hmm? <laughs> hey. Right. Never, never want to miss a chance to do something religious, like take up an offering. Happy anniversary to you. Happy anniversary to you. Happy anniversary, God bless you. Happy anniversary to you. Amen. While we're in a mood to sing, let's stand up and do some more of it. Let's turn to number 604. Battle Hymn of the Republic.
throat may last this morning, it may not. Pray for me as we continue. Uh, just turn to your left to the other page, or the other song on this page. Number 602, America. Mitch, will you lead us in prayer, please? Sure. Our Father and God, we are so blessed. We live in a nation that has been blessed more than any other nation besides Israel. Lord, we are so grateful. Lord, we realize that we as a nation are drifting from you, and as a result, judgment is upon us. And we see the results of the evil that we are allowing to happen. So Lord, we ask that you forgive us as a nation. Forgive us as the church. Forgive us as individuals, as families. Help us, Lord, to live in revival because that's what our nation needs more than anything else. We need a great turning back to you. Lord, use this time this morning to work in our hearts, to draw us closer to you, to help us to be grateful, to help us to show your love with everyone. Lord, thank you that you died for us. Now, as the song said, help us to live for you. We ask it in Jesus' name.
Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. You may be seated. Our communion hymn this morning is number 248, Blessed Redeemer. Meditation will be brought this morning by Brother Wayne Morris. Thank you, sir. 
General Orders Number 11. Started during the Civil War, when the ladies in the South began decorating the graves of their fallen soldiers. As this practice spread, it was officially recognized by the commander of the Grand Army of the Republic, General John Logan. This examples and excerpts of his General Order Number 11. The 30th day of May, 19, or 1868, is designated for the purpose of strewing with flowers or otherwise decorating the graves of comrades who died in defense of their country. In this observance, no form of ceremony is prescribed, but posts and comrades will in their own way arrange such fitting services and testimonials of respect as circumstances may permit. It is the purpose of the Commander-in-Chief to inaugurate this observance with the hope that it will be kept up from year to year, while as long as a survivor of the war remains to honor the memory of his departed comrades. I'm happy we have a holiday to remember our military members who have Amen. given their lives for our country. Amen. It makes even more fitting that we have a memorial for Jesus, yes. the Son of God who gave his life for all of mankind. Although General Logan specified there was to be no form of ceremony prescribed, Jesus gave us very specific instructions about how to remember him yes. in Matthew 26. While they were eating, Jesus took bread, gave thanks, broke it, and gave it to his disciples, saying, Take and eat, this is my body. Then he took the cup, gave thanks, and offered it to them, saying, Drink from it, all of you. This is my blood of the covenant, which is poured out for many for the forgiveness of sins. Every memorial needs some longevity. General Logan asked that as long as a survivor of the war remained alive, he should honor the memory of his fallen comrades. And as Christians, we hold a similar, very sacred trust. The Lord's Supper was instituted by Jesus himself. It's our honor to observe it whenever we meet to worship. And it, it's our responsibility to teach our children its observance and meaning. Let's pray. Father, thank you for this day and all the many blessings of life you continue to give us, though we're not worthy. Lord, be with us as we gather in your house today to uh, remember your son that was given by you for us for the remission of our sins as we partake of the bread representing his body and the juice representing his blood that was shed for us for the remission of our sins may we do so in remembrance of him it's our prayer in jesus name amen Let's spend a few moments just recognizing and remembering the, the great gift that God gave to us and the sacrifice he made.
when Jesus and his disciples were gathered in the upper room for the Passover meal. Jesus took bread and blessed it, broke it, and gave it among them, saying, This is my body broken for you. Eat ye of it. And in like manner, the cup, after they had eaten, Jesus took it and, giving thanks, passed it among them, saying, This is the new covenant in my blood, poured out for the remission of sins. As often as you do this, do it in remembrance of me until I come again. Drink of it, all of you. Praise God from whom all blessings flow. Let's stand and sing. Brother Mitch, do you have the message for us? I do. Good morning. Isn't it great to be in the house of the Lord? Uh, I can remember times when I was in the hospital and couldn't be here and wishing that I could. <laughs> this is much better. Oh, well, there's a couple of things here. First, I want to share with you an uh, invitation I received from Sharon Wiki that uh, she is celebrating both her 19th birthday and her graduation all at the same time, Sunday, the June the 4th, uh, from 4 p.m. to 8 p.m., at Adams Family Funeral Home and Crematory uh, in Scottsburg. <laughs> Strange place to have that kind of a celebration, but uh, that's where it's at. So I will put this uh, out on board or out by the board if anybody is interested. So there's that. And uh, this Memorial Day weekend, uh, we do want to remember... Uh, those who have given their lives for our country. And uh, I know we have several in here. Everybody that was in the military, raise your hand. It doesn't matter what branch, just if you were in the military, yeah. So we have several here, uh, even uh, though we have several out uh, this weekend for their traveling, different things for the weekend. But, uh, you know... Those of us who have been in the military, and especially those that were in during wartime, uh, this means much more to them than it does to most of us. But uh, the memory 
of those who died so that we could maintain our freedom. And Jesus, above all, died not so that we could maintain freedom, but so that we could have true freedom. But there's also another one we need to remember and not forget. And I think part of the problem that happens, that has happened in our nation is, first of all, people begin to forget that there was an enemy, the devil. They They forgot to stand up against him, to not allow him to have his way. And then as a result of that, ultimately then it leads to forgetting Christ as well. So the message this morning is about the schemes of the devil. I know that probably seems like a strange message for Memorial Day weekend, but I think it's appropriate. I think we need a reminder. We need to remember every soldier that has ever died was because of evil, because of the work of the devil, folks, every single one. Jesus died because of sin, the work of the devil. So it does tie here. It does tie in. We are blessed to have uh, a baptism today after service, so I'm going to try to keep this as short as possible. Because we're also having a meal afterwards and we expect everyone to stay and eat. Uh, Because if you don't, I'll have to eat lots more. (laughs) All right, so we want to start here with what the Bible says about the schemes of the devil. Now, we were going to start here with 2 Corinthians chapter 2 verse 11. And... In context here, this is talking about unforgiveness. But it, the latter, uh, the, this says, so that no advantage would be taken of us by Satan, for we are not ignorant of his schemes. Now, that's important because, first of all, you have to realize that unforgiveness right away is being tied to the schemes of the devil. He wants to stir up trouble and cause us to have problems with one another. And in that way, that's one of his schemes. That's how he destroys families, marriages, churches, nations, everything. Is If he can get people stirred up against each other and get enough to where, you know, hey, 50-50, we're... <laughs> Something's got to happen here. Somebody's got to give. And when nobody wants to give, when nobody wants to forgive, it's done. The devil wins. 2 Corinthians 11.3 But I am afraid that as the serpent deceived Eve by his craftiness, your minds will be led astray from the simplicity and purity of devotion to Christ. Now, here's something we often don't think about is that he's telling us the purity of Christ, the devotion to the purity is simple. It's simplicity. In its simplicity and in its purity, we allow the devil to come along and 
mislead us away from what is simple and what is pure. I can't tell you how many people that I've met through the years of my ministry who have always said, well, you know, it can't be that easy. Just accept amen. Can't be that easy. It is. But you have to mean it. (laughs) It has to truly be in your heart. You have to realize that you're a sinner. You have to confess that you have sinned. And you have to receive Christ into your heart. But that's simple. It's not easy, but it's simple. And that brings purity in our lives once we accept him. It brings purity. And that purity, we, if we remain devoted to Christ, we have that. And then the devil has a much more difficult time leading us astray. Luke twenty two thirty one says, Simon, Simon, or Peter, Peter, behold, Satan has demanded permission to sift you like wheat. <clears throat> wow. This one requires a little explanation. You see, this was after Peter had denied Christ. And it was also after Peter had said, never, Lord, that'll never happen. Uh, (laughs) So here's the thing. When we sin, what most people never realize and never know is that there is a legal contract, things that happen between us and God and us and devil. It's like a legal system. Okay? This is not legalism. But there is a legal system in heaven. God's the judge. Judges are over legal matters, right? So, here's the thing. When we commit sin, we allow the devil to have legal right to mess with us. That is a fact. The Bible teaches it very clearly if you pay attention. So what happens here is that after Peter had sinned, the devil comes along and it says he demanded. It doesn't say he asked. He demanded for his right to sift Peter like wheat. How could he come to God and demand anything? Because he has a legal right once he denounced Christ and sinned. He has a right to go ahead and mess with you. Because if you denounce Christ especially, you belong to the devil. That's all that's left. There is no in-between. You're either for him or you're against him. That's what the word of God says. So here, Satan is demanding to sift him like wheat. Now, if you've ever seen that process, you know, the shaker process that they go through to sift the the good from the bad you know all that shaking your life's going to be rough and and the devil is getting separating the good and the bad in your life and then tries to convince you that you're too bad to go to heaven now he wasn't allowed to do this but he asked he did some of it We know because Peter was really hurt, really upset. 
Now we go to 2 Corinthians 4.4. Now this is talking in context again about unbelievers. In whose case the God of this world has blinded the minds of the unbelieving so that they might not see the light of the gospel of the glory of Christ who is the image of God. Now, how many times have you witnessed to a a lost person only for them to argue with every single thing you say? (laughs) Yeah, but science says. Yeah, but, yeah, but. Uh, and, and they can't see it. They just can't grasp it. Why? Because Satan, the God of this world, has blinded them to the things of God. He's blinded them to the good things. All they can see is depression, bad stuff. My life is full of all this and you're telling me it can be all so bright and shiny. No, I don't think so. So it's another thing that Satan will do. He will blind those. And if we're not careful, he will blind us as well. Not just unbelievers. He can do it to you and me and make us miss things all around us. We get so caught up sometimes, even in the ministry. I get so caught up in doing the work of the ministry that I miss some things. I've done that to people's hurt before. So we have to be awake, sober, and aware at all times. Which, by the way, 1 Peter 5 8 says, Be of sober spirit. Be on the alert. Your adversary, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion seeking someone to devour. Wow. That doesn't sound too good, does it? Uh... Have you ever been at the zoo and saw a lion real close up and personal and listened to it roar? (sighs) I mean, you know, just being that close is kind of scary. And you see all them teeth that look like fangs? Just imagine they could devour you very, very easily, very effectively with those nasty teeth and all those big muscles. And so we're warned, we're warned that as Christians, the devil is actually more dangerous than that lion. He will sneak up on you and attack you. So, that given what the Bible says, and that's not all the Bible says about the schemes of the devil by any means. But here, I want to share the path of destruction Uh, or at least what I consider to be the path to destruction. Let's put it that way. You start with distraction. Distraction. Now, how many of you have ever been in a situation where you find yourself thinking, you know, I should be spending time in the Word of God. I should be praying. I should go to church. I should do this or I should do that. But... You get distracted. You get distracted. Something else grabs your attention and and says, no, no, you need to clean the house. No, no, you need to cut the grass. No, no, you you need to do this. You need to do that. Distraction. 
That's one of the schemes of the devil, folks, is to distract us from doing what we know is right. And we often don't think we're doing anything wrong. Why? Because we are accomplishing something good. But in doing the good, we miss what's best. The second thing is discouragement. You get distracted and, and you go on staying distracted. I've seen this many times. How many of you have ever experienced a time in your life when you set out of church for a few weeks? Maybe it was because you wanted to. Maybe it's because you had to. But then how hard was it to go back? After you've been missing for a while, it's harder to go back and to make that commitment. Why? Because you've been distracted from it. You've been distracted from being in the house of God. And it becomes a habit to stay out much more quickly and much more easily than it does to have a habit of going to the house of God. Well, if you live without honoring God, guess what? After a while, you get discouraged. You start feeling all of the things that's going on in your life. And then that discouragement leads you to distress. You start feeling the pains and the aches more. You start noticing all the negative things in your life. You start noticing, oh, look, I'm getting old. Look, I'm getting fat. Look... I'm, I, my, 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 this don't work and my that don't work. And pretty soon, you know, you're totally discouraged and distressed because of it. And that brings distrust or doubt. We begin to ask God, why? God, why are you allowing this to happen to me? God, where are you? God, why can't I be like so-and-so? And then you have to stop and think, well, they're going to church. But you don't think that. You just think, why can't I be like so-and-so? Why can't I be happy like them? Why can't my life be better like theirs? Then, if we're not careful, that will lead us to total defeat. We will surrender to all that negativity. We will surrender and we will feel so beat up. And just negative. We won't have a a happy thought in our life. We won't have anything to look forward to. I know, folks, I've been there. The devil doesn't want us to be happy in Jesus. He wants us to be defeated by him. And then the ultimate thing, if we're not careful, is it will lead to our destruction. Well, what do you mean? Well, how many of you realize that a lot of people die of unhappiness? How many people in a nursing home die of total unhappiness? Heartbreak. Nobody comes to see them. Nobody visits them. They feel like nobody loves them. And they just pine themselves away, literally, in the nursing home. They hope that they can die. Destruction. The devil comes to kill, to steal, and to destroy. So now let's look at overcoming the devil's schemes. Now that we've talked about what it is and how it happens, how it comes about, let's look at how we beat it. 
Ephesians 6, 11 says, put on the full armor of God so that you will be able to stand firm against the schemes of the devil. Well, how do I put on the full armor of God? Okay, here's the thing. It talks about all these different pieces of the armor. Now, they were equated to the Roman soldiers' equipment because that's what people in that day and time knew. They were familiar with seeing the Roman soldiers with their helmets and their shields and their swords and their belts and all of this stuff. Now, the bottom line is, first of all, you must be a Christian. You must have realized at some point in your life, you must have come under conviction and realized, hey, I'm a, I, I'm a terrible person. I, I've done this. I've done that. I, I'm, and I can't, I can't do this on my own. I can't live right by myself. I can't trust myself to do the right thing. So then we realize that we have sinned, that there is a God, that he is perfect, and we are not. <laughs> and therefore, we need his help. And in Christ, he has reached down, literally, he has reached down to us and said, Come, come, my child. Put your faith in me. I will cleanse you of those sins. I will make you whole, and I will help you walk through this life. And we have to accept that hand. We have to confess to him. Yes, I have, I'm sorry, Lord. I have, I have done these sins against you and I am so sorry. And he will say, by my blood, you are forgiven. I paid for those sins. I paid your debt of death with my death. And my blood being shed cleanses you of every stain on your life, of every, every letter that was written in the book of life that has sin, it's now going to be wiped out. It's going to be wiped clean. That comes back to part of that contract, folks. That's where in heaven on judgment day, he says the books are open for the judgment. You belong to the devil. You never, you never accepted me. You belong to him. You're going to hell with him. You, on the other hand, you accepted Jesus. You accepted me as your Lord and Savior. You tried to live right. You're coming to heaven with me. You're mine. We need to spend time in prayer to put on the full armor of God. We have to spend time in prayer. We have to spend time in his word. Every day, folks, let me ask you, <clears throat> do you think there's ever a day that the devil doesn't do what he does? He never takes a break. And that means we have to be more diligent to be in the word to keep us aware of what the devil's doing and to give us a way of using what the word says, the truth, against the lies of the devil. You know, <clears throat> let me ask you a question. Have you ever had anybody tell you a lie before? 
If you've ever had somebody tell you a lie, raise your hand. Okay. Now, did it hurt when you found out the truth? Yeah, it does, doesn't it? See, the devil is a liar and the father of all liars. But he will sometimes try to get us to believe his lies when he uses a scripture out of the Bible like he did with Jesus when he tempted Jesus. But he takes it out of context, way out of context. And if we're not up on what the scripture says, we may fall for that lie. So we must be diligent to study what Jesus says. And while we're praying, just as in the Lord's Prayer this morning, we have to ask for him to help us to overcome, overcome the evil one. We must live a life of purity. In other words, we have to avoid sin as much as humanly possible. Will we ever be perfect? Not in this life. Nope, never will be. That's why we have to work at it. That's why we can't just sit back and expect that everything's going to be okay. I go to church every Sunday. The devil can't bother me. Wrong again. (laughs) Uh, Devil cannot kill you, maybe, if you're a Christian. But he can mess with you. He wants to mess with you. He wants to cause you to doubt Jesus is really your Savior or that you are really saved. He wants you to look at all of your sins instead of looking at the cleanness that we had that slate cleaned when we accepted Christ. He'd rather us look and say, well, you know, I really can't be a Christian because... I did this and I did that. And he wants us to think that, you know, Christ's really not sufficient. He's not really able to save us. He's not really able to cleanse us of those sins. I mean, come on now. I had a thought the other morning, shared this with Brother Mark the other morning, of an illustration where you, where you take a white, a white piece of cloth... And then you wipe mud on it. And this represents your life with sin. Then you stick it down in a, in a bucket of water, only the bucket's labeled the blood of Jesus. And you clean all the mud off, and then you have a white cloth again. And that's our life in Christ. It makes the point, don't it? So this morning, think about all of these things. How the devil has attacked you. And how you were able to overcome. Or if you're still struggling, you need, you need to pray. And if you want, you can come forward and we will pray with you. If you have any need this morning. If you're not a believer and you want to accept Jesus as your Lord and Savior, please don't wait don't we? We're having one baptism. We can have more. Water's warm. It's ready. (laughs)
So if you have a need this morning, just mind the Lord and come as we sing. Brother Boston. Our invitation this morning is number 389, Softly and Tenderly, Jesus is Calling. Stand.
Kim, would you come on up here? And are you waiting? Okay. All right. Only one question that I can biblically ask you before you get baptized, and that is, do you believe Jesus is the Christ, the Son of the living God, and do you promise to obey him to the best of your ability? Yes. All God's people said? Amen. All right. Could I get one of the ladies to assist her with getting ready? Thank you, Penny. And uh, we'll go down in the basement and get changed and get ready for this baptism. We'll be right back. And the rest of you can have a seat. Yes. No. While we're waiting for them to uh, to get ready, let's turn to number 664. That's a responsive reading, dealing in baptism. Uh, it is a response. I'll, I'll uh, read the part that has the, the light shaded print, and y'all read the heavy, dark print. Then Jesus came to them and said, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. And teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. If we have been united with him like this in his death, we will certainly also be united with him in his resurrection. Because anyone who has died has been freed from sin. Now if we died with Christ, we believe that we will also live with him. The death he died, he died to sin once for all. But the life he lives, he lives to God. Amen. Uh, let's turn to number 600. Sing America the Beautiful. It's, uh, it's always good for us to remember the... Uh, the sacrifice that our veterans made, those who died in warfare, service related. But it should uh, remind us also of the sacrifice that God made when he gave his son. <clears throat> <clears throat> 
to die for us. America, the beautiful, sing. chairs and flowers move, so if you can't see and would like to, go ahead and stand up and move to, to a uh, more comfortable place. All right. Are we ready? I guess if you are. Okay. All right. Kim Pope, because you have confessed your sins, repented of those sins, accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, I now baptize you in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Now 
belong to Jesus. Jesus belongs to me. Not for the years of time alone, but for eternity. Amen. And another member of the family comes home. I guess we might as well go into the uh, announcements and whatever. We are having uh, our fifth Sunday dinner today, starting today. We'll continue those through from now on, I guess. So uh, we have that to look forward to as soon as these two get back up here. Uh, old Settlers. Don't know if anybody's been given much thought outside of Mike. To, uh, to the Old Settler Celebration this year. It will be the uh, 17th and 18th of June, Friday and Saturday. And then uh, on Sunday morning, the uh, 19th, we're going back to the uh, multi-church tent meeting on the grounds Sunday morning, Old Settlers. So that will be uh, also be something to look forward to. Uh, Mitch is doing the sermon. And... Uh, They'll uh, we'll be serving communion during the uh, service down there, so we won't have to worry about setting it out here for that morning. However, we had some question about is there going to be a uh, a dinner or a breakfast that morning since we got everything else going? And the answer is uh, yes. We're going to get to eat, Jim. So that uh, that pretty well does it as far as uh, the announcements that I'm aware of. Do does anyone have anything else going on in the community that, uh, that we might be interested in? What time? What time will we have breakfast? Well, Mitch said nine o'clock should give us time enough. Okay. Uh, we always had it before to, when we had breakfast for something like this. We'd have it at eight thirty, but. Uh, don't think we'll need to need to use that much early time, so I can sleep a half hour later. So that that will be at uh, at nine o'clock that morning. We'll have more more information in the next couple three weeks. Prayer list. Here it is. We have uh, a death in the. Uh, Praise for dismissal, and we're going to bless the food all the same Amen. Time. So we can go dig in, pick out, and all that good stuff. <laughs> all right, let's pray. Father God, thank you so much for your word that instructs us, that guides us, that warns us, and that shows how much you love us. Lord, we love you because you first loved us. Help us to carry that love in our hearts every moment of every day. Lord, some will be leaving. We ask you to bless them. Those that stay, we ask you, Lord, that you bless the food that will be filling and nourishing to our bodies. Bless the hands that prepare it. And bless the time and fellowship that we share. We ask it all in the name of Jesus. Amen. 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 Bless me.